This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 638, Spotlight on Bumblebee. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 638. It's the uh, Spotlight on Bumblebee episode. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, so I actually finally got a chance to see Bumblebee. This came out, uh, I guess, uh, what, the 21st of December. Um, but I didn't actually get a chance to watch it until January 1st. So um, I'm going to keep this episode a little bit brief, um, because just because it's not really a new movie anymore, I wanted to talk about it for the show. But, um, you know, it's been out a little while by now. Um I mean, it's been, a, what, 10, 12, basically almost two weeks. So I don't think a lot of people care about it anymore. It, it's interesting. They So many movies came out right before Christmas. You had uh, Into the Spider-Verse coming out on the 14th of December. You had Bumblebee and Aquaman coming out on the same weekend, which just seems like someone should have maybe blinked. Because uh, I feel like a lot of the, well, not at all of the audience, but there's a big part of the audiences which you know ended up getting cannibalized by both movies coming out at the same time and i feel like bumblebee maybe didn't get the money it maybe should have gotten um it got very good reviews generally well that's always the interesting thing about something like rotten tomatoes is that you'll see you know 93 percent of reviewers liked it but that doesn't actually just you know obviously tell you to the extent at which they liked it that's when you have something like metacritic is a lot more helpful because at least it has you know kind of a a broad metric and aggregate of different reviews in a way that is maybe not as well it's still pretty quantifiable and uh as opposed to something like rotten tomatoes which people like to look at and say oh it's got 93 percent in there but again it's telling you how many reviewers liked it but that could be a tepid response to a very strong response which is in something like it with an aggregator like metacritic then you have a better sense uh so bumblebee on metacritic is more like 67 percent which is, you know, which, I mean, even according to their own metric, is generally favorable reviews. So, you know, even though a lot of people liked it, the extent to which they liked it, maybe it wasn't that strong. Um, in, you know, conversely, Ralph Breaks the Internet, I think, is around 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's 71% of Metacritic. But Into the Spider-Verse is, what, 94, 95 or something on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's 87 on Metacritic. So it shows that, you know, although a, a vast majority of people liked it, they actually liked it quite a lot, um, which says something. Whereas when you look at Bumblebee, it had a lot of you know lower reviews. Um, how did I feel about the movie? Well, it's interesting. I, I came out of it kind of feeling like I did, like I was very kind of tepid. Um, like it wasn't a bad movie, and it definitely didn't make me cringe. Um, I think you know. To its detriment, there have been, what, five other Transformers movies? So it's nothing new and exciting anymore. Like, when when the first Transformers came out, and they pioneered being able to show all the Transformers doing their thing, and you know, the amount of, you know... Um, computer imagery involved like it was, it was it was special it felt cool it felt like i was seeing something really special and, and cool even though the storytelling was left a lot to be desired but at least it you know it was is very stylized and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't and this was a very different movie this is much more character based for better or for worse 
um, as my brother-in-law Paul, who actually went to the movie with me, it was his second time seeing it because he was like, "Yeah, I'll go see it if it means I get to go see it with you." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Um, so we went in, and he was like, "You know, I kind of he he kind of said that there's a lot of blah 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 human parts. I want to see the action, you know, or not even that I want to see the action. I want to see the see the Transformers. Uh, you don't need to have the Transformers constantly doing action, but they're the characters he's there to see, and that's." really kind of been the problem with every uh, iteration of the Transformers films is that they, you know they end up you can't just have it all be Transformers well I don't know that seems to be the ethos coming out of Hollywood is that you can't just make it about the Transformers even though it would seem to be that most people would be the fans of the original property would be more than happy if that's all you saw um, I mean the movie starts off with a sequence which you know for again I'm I'm of an interesting uh, perspective because you know I'm born in '83. I like Transformers. I watched a bit of it as a kid, but I feel like as a kid, once it was, I was old enough to kind of watch it to realize what I was watching. It wasn't the G1 stuff. It was like the later G2 stuff, which you know, kind of universally is supposed to be not as good. So my connection to Transformers doesn't really come from G1 or G2, which is what people love. Um, I had a couple of the toys, and I definitely like like the designs, and I love Peter Cullen's voice. But for me, my Transformers is actually, well, forgive me because I'm in Canada. I'm going to call it by the Canadian title first, even though it's dumb, although I didn't know how dumb it was till later. Uh, Beasties, uh, otherwise known to everyone else listening who's not Canadian as Beast Wars. Um, that's my Transformers. That's the show I... I hesitate to say grew up on because I feel like I wasn't like I wasn't a kid when I watched it, and that's probably why I liked it even more. Uh, I'm trying to think. Beast Wars came out '96, so I turned 13 that year and ended in '99. Yeah, okay. So I, I mean, I, I so I watched it basically. I mean, '96 was it came out just before I turned 13, so you know, basically 13 to 17, uh, or sorry, 16, or like just thereabouts. So that was, you know, that for me was my Transformers, and I was old enough to understand what I was watching and really like it. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, in my mind, I thought it came out a little bit earlier, but I guess even with Reboot, it was like 80, sorry, 94, and even Reboot, I would have been 11. It's interesting. Like, I watch these shows, and I'm like, I watched these when I was a kid, right? And I was like, ah, was I a kid? I was past 10. Uh, but like, think about how many shows. Well, I, not you think about. Don't don't you think about how many shows I watched after I was ten. But like, I'll think about it for a second. Like, after I was ten, Spider-Man the Animated Series started in '94, so that's the year I turned eleven. Um, X came out in what '92, so I was nine. Um, Batman came out in '92, I was also nine. So like, I think of these as being shows I watched as a kid, um, but I wasn't at all. I'm totally wrong there. Um, I watched them later on. Which is interesting, because again, in my head, I just kind of conflate that to being when I was a kid. But I guess that's just the stuff when I was younger that I remember watching the most. Um, which I guess doesn't seem like that far away, as opposed to watching something when I was five in like 88 or 89. Um, anyway, so I, I don't have a lot of connections with Transformers as a result. Um, so that being said, like I loved seeing you know the G1 versions of the characters just because... They're the identifiable, you know, characters. I I don't feel like my brother-in-law was like really happy to obviously see uh, Bumblebee as the bug, and then was not as happy at the end when he turns into a Camaro. Um, but I, I was like, I don't really need that. I, I think other than the fact that I need them to kind of look the color and the overall design kind of being similar, I don't need it to be that different. That being said, seeing a proper Optimus Prime definitely made me go like, oh shit, this is what we've been missing. Um, you know, like I kind of accepted the the flames and the redesigns that we've had over the last, you know, what, 11 years since the original movie came out. Uh, sorry, the original live action movie, I should say. Uh, but, you know, seeing it the proper way was, was pretty cool, um, which, I mean, 
I think a lot has been made of the fact that you don't see much of it, but you do get a brief sequence at the beginning and a little bit more later on where you see Cybertron actually seeing the war, having uh, Optimus Prime and the others kind of f- fleeing and trying to find a, a place to regroup, rebuild the staging ground, and then eventually, you know, kind of take back their home. Um, this is, you know, it's an interesting choice to make it, you know, set in the past, which I think about it, and I don't really think there was anything intrinsically about the movie that needed to be a period piece at all. Um, like, obviously, like, they're able to use different music, but, which, and they also got to use uh, uh, the, the, the classic song from the original 86 film, uh, You've Got the Touch. But, I mean, besides that, like, really, I don't, there's nothing about the movie that felt like it needed to be a period piece. Um I'm trying to think, like, besides, you know, the fact, idea that, you know, the, the technology that the Transformers bring is so much more advanced than, you know, 87 technology. Besides that, I don't know if there's anything, you know, but that really makes it heaven to take place at that time, other than being more of a nod to the original property. Uh, I'll have to think about that. Um, but I, I don't, I couldn't think of anything that intrinsically made it, like, this had to take place then. Whereas, like, something like, Captain America very clearly has to take place in World War Two. Like, it just doesn't work if it's a different a different um, armed conflict. It just there's just nothing that fits. It it needs kind of needs to be World War Two. And everything you ever do that ever involves Captain America's origin has to be a period piece. Uh, otherwise, it just doesn't fit the character. Uh, it informs a lot. Whereas I don't think that being said in 1987 necessarily informed a lot about Bumblebee. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, it just didn't feel like anything really, you know, there was any disconnect there. Um, it's interesting that after having movie after movie, having trying to have bigger and bigger, crazier set pieces, at so, in some ways, this movie felt so small. Um, and I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. It's just, you know, you have really only, I mean, for most of the movie, you're only dealing with three Transformers. Whereas in other films, you were dealing with like, you know, it felt like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or more. Like you just had tons of, and they were all kind of undistinguishable from each other. Whereas here, each one kind of had their own division, uh, decisive look. I say, you know, three main Transformers because you do have Optimus, you do have Soundwave in a flashback, you have. I forget the name of the character. We have another um, Decepticon that gets killed at the beginning. So, like, you do have other characters showing up. Um, and some of the stuff I wish that they had kind of elaborated just how much time had passed between Bumblebee kind of getting slagged and then, you know, being found and, and eventually uh, taken in by Charlie, the main protagonist, played by Haley Steinfeld, who I'm not a huge fan of. She's kind of okay, but I'm, I'm not, I don't know. As an actress, she doesn't really move me. Um, I mean, I, I appreciate that they didn't... This is a film where it was more about, you know, an actual character as opposed to kind of an archetype or kind of a weird Looney Tunes character, the way that they kind of ended up developing the Witwicky character from the, uh, the, I guess, the first three movies, or two movies, three movies, with Shia LaBeouf. Um, you know, you didn't have... There's no cheesecake here, really. I mean, this was much more about characters. It was less about the style over substance. It was a lot, lot less of the sex that we've gotten from the last little while. Because um, the last, you know, uh, well, not, I can't remember all of them, but most of these installments have had one or two people that it's really been playing up their attractiveness to and sometimes almost uncomfortable level. And uh, especially, like, as I get older, I'm like, ah, oh, it's really not necessary. Can't we just have a story? Can't we just have something cool? Um, the story of Charlie is an interesting one. Like, it was definitely foreshadowing that the minute she was on the top there was a, a scene where she's on the top of a cliff and looking over which i did find fun, funny that as um earlier in the movie they had a character 
uh, an Autobot Clipjumper actually got murdered uh, or killed, and then you have her literally thinking about jumping off a cliff. I was like, is this is that why you chose that character to kind of have some symbolism here? That you know, first you have the Clipjumper die, then it's all about the fact that she used to be a high, you know a, a high diver and she can't jump anymore, and uh, and she literally cannot cliff jump. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, she's able to get beyond that and do that theoretical cliff jump again. Uh, just an interesting choice. Um, the minute that she didn't do the original kind of jumping off the cliff, I was like, well, obviously that's got to come back. Uh, either she, she's going to have to dive for something, uh, otherwise that didn't make any sense. And that's exactly kind of what happened, which is funny. Um, you know, that, of course that was going to be part of the main climax. Um, it's one of those things where, where you're just like, oh, well, that, that, that was foreshadowing, but kind of clumsy. Um, it wasn't a bad movie. Um, I miss the fact that it was really nice having Bumblebee actually have a voice and then having them take it away from him. I found just repetitive because um, we've seen that in other films. However, they play it up as kind of the origin of why, how and why that happens. And they try to make it a little bit more emotional that, you know, not just he losing his voice, but also losing his memory and sense of self for a while as well and kind of being more of a childlike. Um, it's an interesting movie, kind of like X-Men First Class, where it kind of wants to be like, we're doing our own thing, but we're kind of connected to the goal chronology like it's clearly set in the now and optimus prime is here now so this can't possibly fit in with the timeline from the 2007 film but there is section seven so maybe if they wanted to do some weird doohickey to try and make it all fit like it's just the first five movies so fucked the chronology and made it so messy that this movie is just trying to do its own thing but also cannot completely break them away from it either uh which is an interesting choice um, generally speaking, I think I enjoyed the movie. Um, it wasn't the most exciting. I think I would probably watch... I may watch it again at some point. I think my wife, who did not really want to see it at all, actually probably would have enjoyed it more than me. Uh, again, it's more of a character-centric focus on the Charlie character. Her, The, the, the guy who becomes her friend but kind of wants to you know, have something more... So it's such an awkward way of bringing in a new character like that, but it ended up working because the the actor had charisma. Uh, John Cena, I felt really. I mean, in in theory, just on the we need a big strong guy who looks intimidating. Um, that part, obviously, he kind of fits that stereotype. But I found that his acting was a little bit more wooden here than I would have expected. Like he was he was in blockers. Like I felt like he had actual some actual range and comedic range. And here I didn't quite buy it, but. Um, some of the, the, the choices, but for, generally speaking, I thought it was, you know, a good movie, uh, a little simplistic at points, but I think that kind of worked to the betterment of the story. Like, it wasn't so... It's the first Transformers movie, I think, that wasn't really centered all around a MacGuffin of some kind. Like, it really is... This was literally... Um, the Decepticons are hunting down a rogue member of the Autobots uh, that they weren't able to destroy while on Cybertron, and they find out that you know he's got a mission from Optimus Prime, and they're going to try and bring more Decepticons here to stop Optimus and the other Autobots from kind of creating a new staging ground here. Like it's that simple. And um, after five convoluted movies, it's kind of nice to have something that's relatively simple, not not too complicated, not too many characters, not you know you you. In other movies, you'd have, like, you'd have uh, Josh Duhamel's character, you'd have Shia LaBeouf's character, or whoever. Like, you had all these different characters kind of jostling for screen time with the Autobots and the Decepticons, whereas here it was more streamlined, which was appreciated. I also appreciated that the way in which they killed humans was 
kind of simple. Like, they kind of blast them and they kind of just get liquidated. It kind of made sure it wasn't too bloody or gruesome a mess. It kind of made it a little bit more PG in its own way. Kind of like in the first Spider-Man movie where the, the pumpkin bomb just atomizes people. Like, on the face of it, that's kind of horrifying. But also, you don't have to deal with a body. You don't have to deal with, like, you know, blood or a mess. Like, it's just kind of simple. So this one has goo. It doesn't even have blood. Like, it, it goes for a very simple way of dispatching uh, human beings who kind of get in the way. And also, you know, kind of elevate the threat level. Um, it's interesting to see how klutzy they continue to make Transformers. That like they almost cannot be around uh, uh, a human's home without absolutely destroying it. And that just felt a little grating after a while. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, uh, as a as, as someone who has watched the Canadian version of Degrassi, I guess Degrassi Next Generation and Degrassi New Class, I want to call it. Or next class, I can't remember what it was called. It was whatever came after uh, Next Generation, or because they realized that they had too many years had passed, they couldn't just be the Next Generation anymore. Um, there was a character from that show, I believe his name was Zig. The actor was used here briefly um, as the guy who's trying to commit Charlie to jump off the cliff. Um, I really liked that uh, he was there because it, it's getting getting some big work uh, being in a you know a major blockbuster release from uh, from what Paramount. So uh, happy for him uh, and the post credits here is you get to actually see um which is the optimus and he looks badass and he has everything looks right he's like the proper truck the proper you know um uh whatever the, the back of the truck i don't that's the wrong word um but anyways he he just looked absolutely correct and it was cool to kind of see him next to bumblebee and uh you know you have all the other autobots around their way so maybe if they get greenlit for a sequel we'll get to see what happens next so yeah not a bad movie. I'll probably give it like a, I don't know, six or seven out of ten. Like, it was, it was decent. It wasn't bad. It was just, you know, it was just kind of there at times. But uh, overall, it's it's more positive than negative. I'll give it like a six, six and a half out of ten, maybe. Um, so, anyways, thank you for listening to this prattling, uh, be mumbling about, on and on about this movie. Um, you can reach me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Also listen to us on Stitcher. Um, and uh, once again, Happy New Year. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.